Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello there, Cove Church. So great to see you again as we continue our series called Treasure. And today we talk about the fact that God treasures justice. Allow me to start us off with a scripture. It's from Micah 6, 8. It says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That passage, it gives us a great view of what God truly values, what God treasures. And so for the final three messages of this series, we're going to explore those three specific things, those treasures that God invites each of us to walk in. That God wants us to hold those three treasures dearly, to seek them in our lives, to desire them, to protect them. And the three are justice, mercy, and humility. These are among the treasures of God. Beginning today with justice that God calls us to act justly. Now, just to get us in the ballpark, uh, Merriam-Webster defines justice in this way. Justice, the quality of being just, impartial, or fair. Now, therein lies the problem, because among the earliest lessons that we are told about life is what? Life isn't fair. Not sure if this was simply a device created by exhausted parents along the way when we came whining about how unfair it is that my brother gets to go to the movie while I have to stay home and do homework, which is, that's just a hypothetical, I never did homework, but you see what I'm getting at. Whatever the outcry was, it's not fair. It always ended with that phrase, that's just not fair. And the grizzled parent who found themselves tired and out of additional answers just hoping to have a peaceful evening watching TV, would turn and utter the dreaded phrase, well, life isn't fair. Life isn't just. And we know that's true. Part of the expression of sin in our world is this prevailing and unrelenting injustice. We have so many examples in front of us all the time, don't we? From the war in Ukraine to poverty to prejudice, it seems that true justice is hard to find. And yet we have a hope because of this. Justice is not found in a just world. Justice is found in a just God. This world, friends, will always be unjust until one day it is made new. But even before that day, we can experience the work of a just God in our lives. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, the prophet is delivering God's message to correct Israel. There were strong words pointing out how they had rejected God, and the outcome of that rejection was painful. But then in verse 18, the prophet says this, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. That scripture is what will guide our conversation today, our conversation all about justice. And the first truth I would point out is this. 
God desires justice. Let's read the first part of that passage one more time, right where you are, big voices go. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. I remember uh, when our kids were younger, Paula developed a way of correction that I found to be ingenious. If one or both of the boys were displaying a, a bad attitude or not listening in the way she hoped they would, she would say to them something like this. She would say, I planned today to take you to the park and then to ice cream and then perhaps to a movie after that. But since you're choosing not to listen at this point, I guess we won't be able to do any of those things. Now the truth was, Paula had been planning that trip to the park and to ice cream and to the movie for all of about 30 seconds. <laughs> so it wasn't a lie in the traditional sense, but she was letting them know that she longed to do something good for them, which was absolutely true, but they were making choices that kept her from being able to do so. She was longing to bring good gifts, but those gifts could not be given to wrong hearts. It would be reinforcing the wrong thing. This passage is telling us that God longs to be gracious to us, that God is waiting, God is hoping, God is planning that very thing, and yet often I can live my life in such a way that it makes it very difficult for God to deliver his grace to me. I can be selfish, I can be self-centered, I can be self-powered, I can run ahead, I can never stop and allow myself to simply be found by God. I can choose my way above God's way so easily, I can live as though I'm on my own and in the freedom God has granted me, God allows me to do so. And in doing so, I can miss out on God's grace for me. And I can then miss out on offering that same grace to others. In the, in the same way, missing God's justice for me and missing the chance to bring justice to the world. Yet God longs to be gracious to us, is what we're told here. God is waiting for the chance to show us his grace. The question is, Will we let him do so? Will we stop thinking that we somehow have the remedy and live knowing that we are the ones who need the doctor? Jesus shows us this in Luke 18, verse 15. It says, people were also bringing babies to Jesus to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. This is the promise of God's justice for those who don't have it all together. For those who aren't in a position of power. For those who don't have a whole bunch to give and to offer. This is a promise for the marginalized and for the overlooked and for the invisible and for the misunderstood. This is the grace and justice that God longs to bring to each of us. And to show his audience how serious Jesus was about bringing true justice, 
Jesus flips the script here. He's saying to them, right, right here, you think you have all the answers because you're all so grown up. And Jesus says, actually, the answer for you grown-ups is to be more like these kids. Because how they are is how you should be. And it's a posture, really, of dependence. Kids receive, kids follow, kids trust, kids need. And Jesus is saying that as God's sons and daughters, we are to be the same. Too often we see God's kingdom as something we fight for instead of something we surrender to. God's justice is not the result of my ability to fight. It's actually found in my ability to follow. Why? Because God desires justice. We don't have to talk God into it. No, God wants this. Instead, we get to join God in God's justice. In that, the only thing we bring to the table of God's justice is our obedience. That we say to God, when you say go, I go, and I'm with you. Because God desires justice. That's the first thing. Here's the second. God delivers justice. Let's continue the passage. Read it together. Big voices go. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. This is telling us that God actively brings about his justice. Now, the obvious question is this. Why don't we see it more then? I can think of certainly so many places in the world, but even places in my life that it, don't, it doesn't feel like justice has been delivered. Places it feels like justice maybe will never be delivered. And I find myself going to God, going, God, you going to fix that? Or maybe more accurately, God, you going to fix them? Because they need fixing. You going to take care of that? And, and are you going to do it soon? Because I'm not getting any younger. Where's the justice that has been promised to be delivered? Is it stuck somewhere? Is it hindered? Is it stuck in an Amazon warehouse? Is it on a barge off the coast of Southern California? Are you telling me that, sorry, my, my justice is delayed in transit? Where's the justice, God? We feel this way, don't we? Yet this passage reveals two things that directly impact the delivery of God's justice. Two things that God gets right regarding justice that we never do. Here's what they are. When to bring justice and what justice should be when to do it, and what to do. Friends, we never get that right. Passage here says that God will rise. That's the when, okay? Rise is part of his sovereign plan. God's timing, not mine. And then it says to show you. That's the what. Right time, right action. Now, why is that important? Here's why. The right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. And it's so absolutely true regarding justice. I can remember um, one of Paula's birthdays, one of the first birthdays, I think, when we were dating or maybe after we were recently married, when I was still learning how to do birthdays with Paula. And, and 
you know, as, as you learn that stuff along the way, it, it wasn't how, my birthdays weren't a huge deal, um, but they were a bigger deal to Paula, as I found out. And so there was, her birthday came at one point, and, and I, I probably got her a card, wished her happy birthday. Didn't make a, a huge deal out of it. And, and I remember at some point through the day, she communicated to me that that, that wasn't great, that that wasn't awesome, that I wasn't making a big deal out of the birthday. And so in, in a panic, I ran to the store and bought balloons and, and flowers and, and silly string. And so I, I came back to, to the place that she was and, and, and knocked on the door and she opened the door. She was all made up and, and, and beautiful for her birthday day, you know, and all hair done and makeup done and everything. And, and I said, I said, happy birthday. And, and I sprayed the silly string at her. But I didn't know with silly string, you got to shake the can and, and hold it at the right angle. Because if you don't do that, it just goes and it just snots all over you, which is what it did as I'm saying happy birthday and then spraying her with snot. I can only tell you the result was not quite what I was hoping for. It was probably not the right thing. It was certainly not the right time. That is our problem when it comes to justice. We want justice. We want the right thing, but we don't really know what that is, and we don't really know when that should happen. So what are we then left to do regarding justice? Here's what we do. We pray for God to deliver justice to others, and we permit God to deliver justice to us. We have to remember that God's justice is wholeness, it's health, it's righteousness, it's truth. It's not vengeance, vindication, and vitriol. Which means true justice for every person is found when they are finally made whole by Jesus. That's what I want for others, and that's what I also want for me. That whatever injustice I've experienced, that it no longer affects my reactions or makes me fearful or makes me vengeful or makes me angry or makes me depressed or makes me distant, that I'm free now of the influence of that wound. That's justice for me. That the justice God wants for me, in that justice, I give God permission to do, to, to appropriate that wholeness in my life. And then... I pray for that same justice to be done for others, to be done in our world. And God may use a variety of methods and struggles and consequences to bring about his justice in another person, just as he does with me. But my justice is complete. When Jesus heals me so fully that no part of my past pain is driving who I am in the present. I'm whole, I'm free. That's how God delivers justice. And so we must trust God to do it, to do so in others and to do so in us because God delivers justice. That's the second thing, here's the last thing. God defines justice. Let's finish the passage, big voices go. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. 
This is important because I don't define justice. You don't define justice. We don't define justice. God does. God knows all the facts. God knows all the motives. God even knows every second of a person's history that led to that circumstance. God looks at every part of a human being, body, soul, and spirit, and in doing so, God can respond to them with absolute understanding, absolute justice, and I can't do that, and neither can you. And what gets twisted is that often, in our quest to seek God's justice, we couple it with our own judgment. This is what you should do, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is how you should do it. And this is when you should do it. And we get in trouble because we can't define justice. Only God can. Only God has enough information to do so. So God then says to us in this passage, would you wait for my justice? Instead of running ahead for yours, would you wait for my justice? Would you make room for me? And then God says, when I move, would you move with me? And when I move, would you move like me? It reminds me, um, Years ago, a friend wanted to, to help me learn how to uh, hunt, bow hunt for elk, you know, and, and so we, we went into training together, practicing with the bows and, and did a couple of years of this and we would go camping and, and hunt for elk together, walking around in the woods. And I had not done a lot of hunting, so it was all new to me, and, and, but he, he was great, he was very patient, and, um, and he said, uh, when we were out in the woods, he, he, his instructions were clear. He said, Aaron, it's real simple. When I move, you move. When I stop, you stop. And so I did that, just watching him all the time. When he'd stop, I'd stop. He'd move, I'd move. We went doing that for a couple of days. Didn't see any elk. Didn't see any animals of any kind. It was as though a nuclear bomb had gone off. It was just, there was nothing there. And so I remember back at camp, like on one of the first or second nights. And he said, he's so encouraging. He said, Aaron, you're doing a great job of moving when I move and stopping when I stop. He said, there's one more thing you need to know. He said, you walk really loud. <laughs> I mean, like so loud, like miraculously loud, like were your ancestors tap dancers? I don't know. And I'm like, no, but my mom was a clogger. So maybe that was it. But I evidently walk super loud. And he's like, well, that would explain it. And uh, yes, probably no elk within miles will, will ever come near us because you walk so loud. And what he said is, I don't just want you to move when I move. I want you to move how I move. This is what we're to do regarding God's justice. Yes, we move when God moves, when we see God doing something regarding justice, and we move with him in that. We join God in that when God is doing that. But we also move how God moves. We move in a right heart, in a right spirit, a spirit of understanding and compassion and wholeness and desiring to bring, to bring that to this circumstance, which obviously there, there can be ones that really separate people. But God says regarding justice, you can't just move when I move. You have to move how I move. 
same heart, same spirit. This is where we've missed it. This is where God wants to change it because of this. God wants us to join in his justice, not ask him to join us in our own. We're told here that the Lord is the God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. That true justice is seen by those who would make room for God in that crisis, in that circumstance, in that, that bubbling up of the need for justice. Too often, we're so busy making our own justice. I'm going to bring my own justice that we don't give God any chance to bring about his justice. We must not only seek God's justice, but we must allow God to then define it. Here's what it looks like, which means we not only seek God's justice, but we trust God's judgment. We trust God's sovereignty that you have this. God. You know, the other day I was in the gym and I was thinking about people who have abs. Happens sometimes when you're in the gym. <laughs> People have like six pack abs, you know, and I'm like, wow, there's people that, that have that. And, and I, you know, abs that are visible and, and I, I don't, I don't have that. You know, I, um, I know, I know I have them cause I, I do a lot of core stuff, but, uh, and they're under there, but, but they're not visible <laughs> to the naked eye. They're not visible. And, and to, to me, I see for myself, my lack of visible abs for me is tied to God's sovereignty because I would have visible abs if it was not for the fact that God sovereignly invented cookies. <laughs> In God's sovereignty, he invented cookies. And because of that, I just don't get to have visible abs. It's, I just have to trust that to be true. <laughs> I just know you invented cookies, so evidently I'm not supposed to have visible abs. In a far more serious way, we have to rely on God's sovereignty regarding justice, especially when things don't feel just. We have to allow God to determine what true justice is and then join God in those efforts because God is the one who defines justice. We don't. I'll wrap up with this. You don't have to look very far on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to read a lot about justice, right? We read about people have something to say about justice all the time. Yet that passage in the book of Micah that began our discussion, it defines this treasure differently, that God loves when we act justly. When we act justly to one another, this is the call of God's people. So it asks us this question, how can I come alongside the justice that God is bringing into the world? We don't wanna bring our justice because our justice can't lead to life. Only God's can. So could we choose to treasure God's justice? knowing that God desires it and God delivers it and God defines it. Could we trust the places where we don't see, where we don't understand because we believe and know that God does see and God does understand? 
Could we make room for God, even when it feels unfair, knowing that ultimately God will balance every scale? And will we trust God and make room for God, allowing us to join God when God is acting out his justice? Because that is the justice that changes the world. That is the justice that we are called to. And that is the justice that changes us. Because God treasures justice. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.